Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Boca Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Holritz. Happy Monday to you. If you're with us live, it's good to have you here today. And yes, believe it or not, we actually started a few seconds early. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of proud of that. Occasionally, we run into technical issues and we have to kind of overcome those. And uh, we were on point today. So um, thanks to my guest in advance. And I'm going to introduce my brand new guest here in just a second. Before I do that, just a reminder, of course, for those of you that are live streaming, don't be, um, you know, I, I was about to say, don't be shy. It's a little bit ironic considering the topic today. We are going to be getting into the topic of introversion, but don't be shy. We're going to, we're friendly. We're nice. We won't bite. Don't hesitate to ask questions and comment as we go, as we get into this conversation today with Cindy and um, would love for you to be part of the conversation. And, and if you're not live streaming, don't hesitate to come join us. If you follow us at Boca Podcast, B-O-K-E-H Podcast on Instagram, of course, you can keep up with the uh, the upcoming live streams that we're going to be pushing out. And we're going to go to at least two episodes a week. So make sure that you're signed up, you're keeping up. And then just last note before I introduce our guest for today, I do want to remind you all to look for opportunities to give back. I made my donation to Charity Water. You can see a little receipts popped up on the screen there. Um, I... I just encourage you to look for opportunities to to give back. Uh, I mentioned this, I think, during our Friday episode, but Sean Lee was a guest that we had in the show some time ago, and he really pushed me to do more. And I think we, most of us, I mean, if we have a computer or a phone, we're in a position financially even just to give a few dollars. And it's amazing how a little bit of money can go a long way. So let's look for those opportunities to give back. All right. Well, I, we already have people chiming in on the live stream. I'm excited to have everybody here. So let's introduce our brand new guest for today. Cindy, Cindy Ames is here. Cindy, thank you so much for hanging out with me today and, and the, having this conversation about a really important topic. Absolutely. I'm excited to be here today. Thanks, Nathan, for having me. Well, and we had a chance to uh, catch up a little bit before we got started, which is kind of fun. Um, and, you know, I, I, I told Cindy this off air that I'm, I'm kind of nerding out, honestly. I, I'm really, really excited to actually get into this topic today of introversion. We're going to talk about how to overcome introversion as we interact with our clients in business, especially for photographers. And Cindy, um, you probably know this, but a lot of photographers in our industry were self-claimed introverts. So I think it's a super relevant topic. Absolutely, it is. Well, we're going to go there in just a second, but um, let's kind of get warmed up like we normally do here on the podcast. And Cindy, um, I want to talk to you about your business. And you're actually, in, you were telling me before we get started, you've got your hands in different things. But um, what yeah. you're here representing today is your life coach or emotional coaching business and mm -hmm. uh, emotional intelligence coaching. I saw that phrase on your website, actually, and, and I really like that because. A lot of people will say that they're life coaches, and I think it's kind of general and vague at times. That specificity of emotional intelligence, I think, is something that more and more people are becoming sensitive to. And, and I love that. But I'd love for you to, to, I guess, share what your business's brand position is then in that regard. Sure, of course. I'm happy to do that. So mine is I help entrepreneurs unlock limiting beliefs so that they can have abundant businesses and lives. And I find that it's a really important component to look at both the business side and the life side because one can feed into the other. And it all comes down to mindset that we have. And sometimes we have certain thoughts that we believe are true. And if we really take a moment to examine them, um, those thoughts might be limiting us in some way. Mm. And so by looking at them, it allows us to say, you know what, this really isn't working for me. So let's make an adjustment here. Let's let's bring in another thought that helps yeah. me to get the outcomes I want, right? Because that's yes. what we all want. We want better outcomes in our lives. Okay, uh, so many directions I already want to go. I know, I, right? I'm, no, no, I'm so <laughs> excited about this. So first of all, you're talking about belief and then ultimately the ability that we have to choose those beliefs to frame. Yes. Um, how we see something in order to improve our lives. Certainly as individuals and business owners, you talked about that. I literally have on my wrist here, and for anybody who's live streaming, you can see this, but these are the Japanese characters. So on the inside of my right wrist is the, the Japanese word sentaku, that's choice. And then on the inside of my left wrist is the character, the kanji characters for the Japanese word kakushin, which is belief. And I've realized and still kind of, I guess, learning to apply this more consistently, but I realized a number of years ago, the significance of 
those two concepts. We have the ability to choose our belief system. And a lot of times belief system is kind of tied to a religious idea, but literally everything that we do in life is driven by a belief or set of beliefs. And once we realize that and then realize we can choose those beliefs, it's incredibly empowering, right? Oh, it is so, so empowering. In fact, what really changed for me was this, um, this idea of a statement that you can choose any thought you want. Um, and if that's the case, why not choose a thought that's most helpful to you? Mm. And I use in my practice with my clients, I use a model. It's called think, feel, act. And what we do is we look at a thought we have and we have a thought about the circumstances around us and their circumstances are anything outside of us, right? So um, they're, they're factual, there's no drama attached to them. You could prove them in a court of law, so to speak. So um, if I were to say the temperature is 95 degrees, that's a fact. I can prove it by taking the temperature, right? Then I have a thought about the circumstance in my mm -hmm. life. And mm -hmm. that thought creates emotions inside of me. And those emotions drive my behaviors, which leads to my outcomes. So if I don't have an outcome I like, mm -hmm. I need to go back to my thoughts and examine them and examine what are they telling me? What are, how are they informing me? And what might I need to change so I can have different feelings or emotions so that I can have different um, results, different yes. outcomes, right? Yeah. We get to do that. That's what's so exciting. It is so exciting. Yeah. yeah. I'm literally getting goosebumps because what you're saying is, is a set of concepts that not only again have I been realizing more and more in my life, but I've also been trying to encourage others with, and and so I, it makes me even more excited to have you here on the on the show and talk a little bit about this. I have to though go back to your brand position because this is honestly really impressive. So for anybody who's not live streaming with us, I've got this pulled up: Cindy Ames A M E S Coaching com, Cindy's website, and this is honestly one of the more impressive brand position statements that I've seen <laughs> from our guests to date. It's above the fold, which means I don't have to scroll down to find it. It's in big text, so I'm not going to miss it. It's literally the first thing I see right next to Cindy's wonderful smiling face. <laughs> I help entrepreneurs unlock limiting beliefs so they can have abundant businesses and lives. And, you know, Cindy, aside from the presentation itself, which I think is so well done, I love the practical nature of that statement. I think a lot of times photographers, when they're trying to create something that might resemble a position statement, this is the value proposition that I offer through my business. They try, they tend to, especially in the photography industry, get kind of pretty and cute. And the actual wow. practical nature or value proposition is missed as a result. I just love how right. practical that statement is because there's no confusion about what it is that you offer. Yeah, you have to be very clear and direct and let the person know what it is you can do for them, right? And it has to be succinct so that when you grab their attention, and two, they know exactly what it is you can do for them. And then right below that fold is where I talk about what I just shared with you and your listeners, the think, feel, um, mm. act. So I talk about that too. So I reinforce how I can do that fairly quickly um, in my mind. Yeah. And change your thoughts to change your life as I'm scrolling further yes. down your page. And, you know, this is actually a really great example, too, um, of how photographers listening in, for those of you who are listening in, you hear me talk a lot about brand position and the importance of putting that brand position statement above the fold, clearly uh, established so that nobody has to go searching for it. There's no confusion about what it is your business offers, but there's no reason that you can't then build on that concept. And Cindy does that as you scroll further down the page. Again, though, I have to, I, I just love the larger text, which drives most of that. A lot of photographers will put paragraphs of text in small font. And I think it's these days, it's just so easy to get lost in that. And um, so I, I just love the way that, that you've done this, Cindy. And it's a good example for our listeners. I know that like, we've got a good number of people streaming with us already, and they're waiting for the conversation about introversion. So I'm going to keep going yes, um, yes, to the next, next question, next introduction or introductory question here about customer service. And yeah. again, I know that you do a variety of things, including life coaching. And I'd love for right. you to share what you've learned about one of the most important <clears throat> principles behind providing a good customer experience to your clients. Yeah, absolutely. So um, my other side of what I do is um, instructional design and facilitation. And I've been in the sales world for probably 
I don't know, 16, 17 years or so. And in that time of instructional design, I, I focused a lot on sales training. And one of the things I strongly believe in is that in order to connect with the customer, you build the relationship so you can create trust with them. And in order to build that relationship, you do discovery. And discovery is just a simple word for asking questions. Your job as a um, entrepreneur, as a person to connect with that customer is to ask them questions. So it's not invasive. Um, and what you want to know is you want to learn what their needs are and you want to learn what their mm. needs are so that you can provide a solution for them. Mm. That, I mean, that's what you're there for is to provide right. that solution, right? So you can only do that by asking questions to get specific um, answers to what their needs are, um, specific understanding to those needs. And that way you can provide those specific solutions for them. And would you say that then through those, uh, the types of questions that you're asking that you're enabled or you're able to encourage that trust that you were talking about as well, or how does that trust come about? Yeah, absolutely. The trust comes from the conversation, right? So when you go out on, um, say you're starting to date, right? You have conversations along the way. You have lots and lots of conversations before you get to the point where you're walking down the aisle, so to speak right? That has to happen. And it's the same thing with our customers and our businesses. Mm. We have to ask those questions. And it's not always about selling right away. I want to know about that person and what their needs are and what's important to them. And I want to understand that before I start bringing my solutions in to the story. If I, if I know what's important to them, then I bring What's specific? So if I have all of these resources at my, um, in my arsenal, in my toolbox, I have all of these resources, but they only need this. Why should I talk about all of this? Right. It's a waste of time for them and yeah. I, they lose, they lose interest. Mm. So if I, if I ask them specifically, what's important to them, how can I help? What are your needs? What are you looking for? Just different questions. What's important to you? Um, then I get that information and then I pull from my toolbox and I say, Oh, okay. I can help with this. Yeah. Does this does this make sense to you? Does is this a am I hearing you right? Mm. When I do that type of thing, then I'm connecting with them. I'm building yeah. that relationship, right? Lead with curiosity. And, oh, absolutely, absolutely. That's my biggest thing: curiosity and empathy. Mm. Those two things together make a world of difference in building a relationship with somebody. It's yeah. so true. Yeah, it's it's bit me too many times <clears throat> that 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 I have not done both of those things actually both been curious, I assume, but my ego tends to kind of push me to assume. I'm like, oh, I got this figured out. I know this person. Right. And, and I, it's very human to, to go into that pattern recognition mode. And, and actually, a lot of times I've been right. But to, to lead with that inhibits the ability to connect with somebody in a little bit deeper level and, and to develop that trust that you were talking about. Right. So starting with curiosity having empathy for them, learning to put yourself in their shoes. It's so important. And I know we could have probably multiple episodes just on that topic, but I really appreciate your perspective. I want to keep going too and okay. get to the next question, which is about time management. We talked briefly about family before we get started as well. So I know you've got family and you're doing a variety of things professionally. What's a big principle or idea that has driven your ability to kind of balance everything so that you stay healthy, your relationship right. with your family stays healthy while you're able to also work as well? Yeah, so my thought is I have enough time to do everything I need to do today. And if it doesn't get done today, it wasn't meant to be done today. So that thought allows me the peace to be able to walk away from my desk at the end of the day. So in this room that you see, this is my office in my home. I spend a lot of time in here. Yeah. And so that thought allows me to be, okay, it's time now to go to pottery that's one of my new hobbies okay and i love being in that space mm. and if if i don't set don't walk away from work then i don't get to do that i don't get to enjoy that practice in those people if i don't walk away i don't get to spend time with my grandkids 
Um, I love the position I'm in because as I manage my own time, if I need to go pick up my grandkids from school, I can do that because I can block out my time. Of course, I use all of the different scheduling and time management principles. I have all of that, sure. right? Sure. But the thought that manages my um, outcomes is the thought. I have enough time to do everything I need to do today. And if I don't, it's not meant to be done today. It was meant to be done tomorrow. And I'm okay with that. The, the type A in me is kind of like, kind of cringing a little bit. Because right? so, and actually, I'm curious how you would respond to this. So the, the flip side of the conversation is, and, and I know for photographers, and certainly for myself as well, it's easy to get into a space where maybe on a certain day, we're a little bit more tired than normal. And so we're just kind of getting through the day. And if, if I go into that to a day like that with, you know what, if I didn't get it done, it wasn't meant to be that almost sounds lazy in my mind. So how, like, what's right. the balance there between kind of that type A and, and not mm -hmm. going too far overboard with just being like ah, right. shrugging our shoulders. Yeah. And I, I'm type A. So I totally, I totally get that. Okay. And okay. It, it, it is, it is kind of a mind bending thing, but what we're talking about now is self care, right? We're talking about being present in each of these areas in our lives fully. Mm. Okay. And I know for myself, I've proven it to myself over and over again. When I don't have that philosophy, my body shuts down. I hurt yeah. myself. I yeah. either have a lot of illnesses or physically my, my, I have horrible tension in my, my neck Same. and my shoulders from all the keyboarding, my wrist, yeah. the whole bit, yeah. my body physically stops working. I get it. So I know that if I manage that and because I'm type A, I'm not going to ever be, you know, on that. Yeah, bro, whatever. <laughs> you know, if I don't get it, whatever. I show up for my business. I show up for myself. I show sure. up for my family, right? Yeah. So I know it's going to get done. And I know it's not the end of the world That's it. if A doesn't get done so today. Yep. What, what is the difference if A gets done tomorrow morning? Yeah. You know? It yeah, just, I have it a, really... I, I'm guilty of that for sure. Like building, it up, building something up in my mind way too big. Way more right? than it needs to be. And and you're right. Most cases, probably 98% of the time, that thing's really not as important as we just made it in our in our mind. Yeah. It's okay to, yeah. to, to push it to the next day in some cases. So, yeah, yeah I, I, I hear you. Good reminder for me, for sure. All right. One last question before we get into this okay. introversion topic. And this is, I, I'm actually really curious about this one from you. Self-help okay. or business book that you would oh. recommend to our listeners? Feel free to throw out a couple even if you'd like. If you're feeling yes, really generous. Yes, I do. I have two, and I have one right here. So it's Brene Brown's Dare to Lead. It okay. is um, one of the my favorite um, of the uh, leadership books that I've read recently. Clear is kind. Unclear hmm. is unkind. Hmm. Unkind. So it's um, setting, when we set expectations, to be clear with the people around us on what our expectations are. So as a business owner, I find that to be really important that when I'm talking with my clients to be very clear on what they can expect from me and what I expect from them. When I take on a new client, part of my coaching agreement says that they're open to change, that this is a space, this is a time when they're ready for change. And if they're not, then that might not be a good time for coaching because that's what coaching is about it's 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 about change and so um when when you guys talk with your clients you want to be clear on to what you can do for them never over promise and under deliver we never yeah. want to do that right yeah. that so i love that and then the other book that um i listen to so i don't have a book to hold up for you is kristen neff's book fierce self-compassion Okay. One, one of the things that I think that a lot of us have is this judger voice inside of us. And um, sometimes that judger voice is just a little too loud and we need to be able to manage it. It's a part of us. And so what I am doing is I am working on loving it because it's a part of me and telling it that I'm okay. Thanks for letting me know what's going on. 
and um, I've, I've got this. And a phrase that I like to um, tell myself when I feel like I've made a big mistake or something's going on is sure. that I'm human and humans make mistakes yeah. and I'm okay, mm. right? Because sometimes the best thing we can do is just to be kind to ourselves because when we're kind to ourselves, we open up so many more possibilities than when we're shut down and we're looking at it with a judging lens or a negative lens. When we do that, the, the possibilities, the choices out there are just so much more limited. We treat so, others better too. When we're when we're comfortable with ourselves, um, and as a yes. result, happy and kind with and to ourselves, yes. it makes all the difference in the world in how we treat others. And I, I think that's yeah. a that's been another good reminder for me as of late as well. Something that I needed to because I'm I'm super hard on myself for sure, and it's benefited me in so many different ways. I, I'm I'm a different sure. human being than I was a year ago, and in, in, in a better right. way because of that. But. Mm -hmm. um, at the same time, because I push myself so hard, I also tend to kind of take out that some of the frustration sometimes on others. And that that's where I realize, okay, to your point, take a step back a second and I need to soften the voice to myself. And that will then of course translate in the way that I, that I treat others. So that's a really yes. important reminder. And I'm going to pop up on screen for anybody who isn't familiar with this book, yes. Fear, Self-Compassion, How Women Can Harness Kindness to Speak Up, Claim Their Power and Thrive. That's by Dr. Kristen Neff. We'll link to that in the show notes at bocapodcast.com. And then the other book that you mentioned as well by Brene Brown and that clarity is kindness. I thought that was, it reminded me of a quote actually, um, Cindy, that, that um, somebody that we had in the show, I don't know how long ago it's been, but Nina Larson, she said, people only get upset if they can feel confused or lied to. And that, that yeah. quote really stuck with me. Um, and it's applicable certainly in our personal lives, but also as business owners, when you talk about ex expectation right. management, which is such a big challenge for like my editing company, for example, because there are a lot of moving parts to that service. Clarity right. is just, it, it's, I mean, it goes without saying almost, but it's vital, right? And, and when there isn't clarity, it leads to frustration. And so we're on an ongoing basis, always trying to refine how we communicate, how we manage expectations, because that's so important. So that's also a really great reminder. I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I wanted to get on to our, the main topic at hand. Um, and I know some sure. that are holding on for this. This is, we're going we're gonna to talk for everybody who hasn't seen the title of today's episode. We're going to talk a little bit about how to overcome introversion in our lives as, as photography business owners, and maybe just as entrepreneurs in general. And to be clear, when I say overcome introversion, I'm not suggesting it's a bad thing, but I know that, it, that um, Cindy, based on conversations that I've had with so many photographers here on the podcast mm -hmm. or otherwise, many photographers identify as being introverted and talk about how that kind of interferes with not just their social life, but their ability even to interact with clients comfortably. And so I, I love that, that you're going to kind of help us tackle this topic today and get into ways that we can kind of proactively um, kind of work around, if you will, this tendency. But it's, but I, I mentioned to you before we get started, I love on this podcast getting into principles. I think principles, root level principles are super important to understand. And when we talk about this idea of introversion, maybe even just to begin with, would you mind defining the word for our listeners just so we have kind of a good baseline? Sure, absolutely. So introversion is um, a person or an introvert is a person who <clears throat> enjoys time alone and they find that they're emotionally drained after being with people for a long time. And that's just a really simple definition of what an introvert is. Okay. And would you say that that kind of introversion or the, the behavioral patterns that we call introversion, are those, is that learned? Is it innate? Is it kind of a combination of both? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so it stems, it's innate. Um, so you're hardwired that way. And when you're very young, your um, environment can help um, solidify that a little bit more. So um, <clears throat> some people are just extroverts and some people are just introverts. And neither is one, neither is one better than the other, right? They just oh, of course. are. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. you have um, a person has blue eyes, a person has brown eyes. Mm -hmm. Neither one is better or worse than the other. They just are, right? Sure. I, I think so, the, the, the potential drawback um, is, is mm -hmm. when it gets in the way of us living the life that yes. we want to, right? 
Yes, exactly. That's what I was going to just go to is it, it um, impacts us when it becomes a limiting belief, like what I say on my, on my website. So when we allow the thought, I'm an introvert, and what does that mean to you? right so does that mean something negative is that something holding you back if that's the case then what we want to do is look at those thoughts that you have around being an introvert and <clears throat> by looking at those thoughts we can look at um, what your outcomes are mm. and we can look at changing those thoughts remember our thoughts if we think our thought long enough they become a truth for us they become a belief for us yep. and and in our neural pathways they just get i i tell my cousin uh, my clients this is um cindy psychology okay. <laughs> okay so we have neural pathways right and we believe something long enough it becomes hardwired in our brain and they're like ruts and so that thought shoo, is just really easy to get to get in because we're like oh yes this is this is a truth this is what i believe so what we want to do is we want to get up and out of that rut into another belief that is more helpful for us. Yeah. You can believe you're an introvert and it can be helpful. Think about, think about the clients who love having and working with an introvert. I mean, that can be um, really terrific. You know, um, some people really want somebody who's a little bit more quiet, who brings a calming vibe to an already chaotic or mm, high-stressed yeah. activity, like sure. a wedding. Yep. Dude, do I want somebody who's like, ah! you know, all crazy, um, trying <laughs> to capture my attention? I'm not, I mean, that could be, that could be a yay for somebody. And other people <laughs> sure. might want, Wow, I want somebody with a Zen vibe because I'm like wigging out of my mind right now. And, you know, I just want this Zen vibe to be able to just, you know, flow and get into this groove of of this wedding or or, you know, I did so my daughter is a photographer. I mentioned earlier Madison Madison yeah. Thompson photography, right? She did my brand photos, my brand shoot. Brilliant. Shout out Madison. I was, <laughs> yes. I was so nervous. You know, I'm not used to being the subject of photos. And um, I'm usually, you know, with a friend or a family member, my grandkids, and it's me. And I'm, I'm doing the posing, you know, all of that jazz for the brand yeah, photo. Of course. And um, Madison's just really calm. She's, as I told you earlier, she's an introvert. She's just really calm. And she's just like, hey, this works. You, you got it. That looks good. You know, she's giving me the, you know, the, the good, you know, words and everything. And I didn't need to be hyped up because I had enough nervousness. I just wanted to just, you know, be comfortable sure. in what I felt was an awkward look at me, look at me type setting. I'm not. I'm not used to that. Yeah, that's funny. So, I'm, and actually, I'm glad you bring it up. A lot of photographers do kind of lead that conversation about introversion as though it's a negative thing. And you're right. A lot of times, I, in fact, I think, unfortunately, in many cases, photographers have gotten so obsessed with themselves as the photographer at these various events that they become way too much the kind of center of attention and more so than needs to. I mean, this is about that client who we're photographing. Right. So the idea that we can actually bring a more calming effect to your point, Cindy, to that environment, I think is a really positive thing. But why do you think though that some, because it's interesting, I think early in the conversation, it, it seems to pop up when I'm talking to a photographer, yeah. I'm an introvert. Is there a reason yeah. that one would lead with that? Is that kind of a protective mechanism yeah. or what is that about? Yeah, absolutely. So they say that because that's the lens through which they view the world and in their minds that helps them describe themselves to somebody else so if i say nathan i'm an extrovert <clears throat> then you have certain um expectations or certain understanding of what i am or, or how i might show up and that's the same thing for somebody who says i'm an introvert so if i if somebody says to me they're an introvert then i'm going to assume that they're likely to be a little bit more quiet and maybe not as boisterous. Um, they might be more of an internal processor. I'm not sure. I'd wait to see if that happens or not. Um, and then um, 
you know, I, I would know that they would need they would need some time alone, right? Um, so it's just a matter of setting expectations, I think. I think it's also, um, it helps that person to um, share who they are. Mm. Um, it's it's a descriptor, right? Yeah, it's it's yeah. a way to, and and sometimes I think it can be also an excuse, right? Oh, I'm I'm an introvert, so you know what, just let me be, or or this is my excuse for how I'm showing up. Yeah. And and I'm like, okay, you can be an introvert, and how would you want to show up, right? What, what, what would you want to be? Um, I'm just um, thinking of, you know, how is that holding you back? Is it holding you back? If it's not, no problem. But if it is holding you back in some way, let's talk about that. But I, I think part right? of it, though, too, is and you're right. It, it's it, there is a in fact, I like the way that you frame that. It's, it is a way for somebody to very quickly share a little bit about themselves the yeah. flip side of that conversation, and this is the part that kind of drives me crazy about it's, it's, I guess the, our culture's obsession with personality types and Enneagrams and, yeah. and even saying introverted, extroverted is that right. we're very quick as individuals, as human beings to buy into a label because yes. if, if for no other reason than it get, does give us some sort of sense of safety, stability, because we're able to identify as this particular thing. And they're like, mm-hmm. you almost like t- take an internal sigh of relief, right? Which is like, oh, right. okay, I'm an introvert. That's why I feel this way. But yeah. then it's used, as, as you were pointing out, kind of as a scapegoat a lot of times. They're, they just, they lead right. with the label on this thing. And where I feel like that's limiting is, is that we, we so buy into the label, the Enneagram number, the personality type, the... Um, the introvert, the extrovert, that we ultimately then limit ourselves because there's this kind of almost subconscious assumption that that's who we are and I can't go beyond that. And that's right. where I think the limitation is. Yeah, absolutely. That's the limiting belief. So the question is, do you want that limiting belief? Is that working for you or is that not working for you? Mm. And if it's not working for you, then that's when you get to question your assumption. And, and what coaching does is it helps you question your assumptions um, for we we think things and they're so much a matter of fact for us. We don't question them. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. We don't it's question true. them. We don't hear ourselves. Like if I said to you, um, I, I need to get this project done. Okay. The word need. That's something I want to be aware of because. I want to, I want to reframe that. Think about the word. But people say, people would say that's OCD, Cindy, that like you're way overthinking that you're overanalyzing it. I I think the way that you do, but I'm also playing devil's advocate here because I know a lot of people don't realize the significance that a word holds. They just kind of rattle off a word or a phrase without really thinking about it. Don't realize that it actually carries weight for their subconscious. Yes, it does. Right. So if you look at the word need, that seems like it's so desperate. It's so limited. But if I say, I want to do this. Look at that. I want to do that. It opens up possibilities. You took ownership. Right? So just by changing from need to want, we've shifted our perspective, which allows us to have greater outcomes. It allows us to have choice, abundance Mm. within that conversation. Another word is the word should. I should do this. Well, what I say is, if you're using the word should, you're shooting all over yourself. <laughs> there you go. Right? Yeah. Right? Um, it, it doesn't serve you to say, I should do this. Um, it's, it's a choice. When you open yourself up to choices, you can take better action. And so with the um, introversion, if you are limiting yourself saying, I'm an introvert and that doesn't allow me to show up in a way that I want to show up, then we have to look at how it's limiting you and what you might want to achieve instead. Now you said something we can change that. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. I agree. You're talking though about this idea of something serving you or not. So does, does this tendency of introversion, does it serve me or not? This may seem a little bit rhetorical, but just for clarity's sake, do you, how do you establish what serves you? If, if something's going to serve me, um, if something is going to enable me, then it, I would assume that I already have 
set a goal or a set of goals for myself. So there's something that I'm trying to achieve in order for somebody to determine whether or not these behavioral tendencies serve them or not. Do they need to set some kind of personal goals or business goals first? Or what's the process there? I think it's just your thoughts, right? Your outcomes. So does the thought I'm an introvert serve me? Um, and, but I guess that's what I'm asking. Ser- that, serve you in what sense? Like, is it making oh, your life better or feeling, yes. making you feel better or? Yes. Is it getting me what I want in life? Okay. Right. Am I meeting my goals? Am I getting the outcomes? Am I having the relationships that I want? Okay. Am I having the life that I want? Am I, um, am I uh, obtaining the things that I want? And, and I think that goes for any, any thought that we have. Does it get us what we want in life? And that's what I mean. Does it serve me? You could also use the phrase, is it helpful? So is that thought that you have, is it helpful for you? Yeah. If it's not, I look at it this way. If it's not moving me forward, then it's not serving me or it's not helping me. And if that's the case, I need to look at it and I need to determine, hmm, if that's not working, I need to get another thought. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Does you, that you, make sense? It totally makes sense. It totally makes sense. Um, okay. I, I think it's important I, what I've realized, and, and by the way, I, I, I was guilty of this too, and it's still something I have to be intentional about, but the, yeah. I think a lot of times in the photography industry, photographers, especially when it comes to running a business, don't have clear intentions. So they don't know yeah. where they're trying to go or what they're trying to achieve. So the idea right. then of determ- determining whether or not something serves them or helps them is a little tough because there's no filter. It's just like I can kind of do any and everything. I want to be a photographer. And, and if that's great, they want to be a photographer, but that's not very specific. So now they don't know what they need to do in order to, uh, to achieve something. They're just, I took pictures today. I'm a photographer. Okay, but that, now, now you're only going to function at you know, only so high a level because you don't, you're not trying to achieve anything specific. So I, it was kind of a leading question, I guess is probably a better phrase, in the sense that I sure. think in order to determine whether or not something serves us, enables us, mm-hmm. makes us better, we, it's also good to be clear about where we're trying to go in life as an individual. Right. And then also as a business person too, we can determine whether or not does this behavioral tendency serve me as a photographer or as an entrepreneur. And if it doesn't, we know, we know that it doesn't because we know what we're trying to achieve. And now we're right. able to begin the, the corrective mes- measures necessary to kind of make some adjustments and, and move beyond that. So I think this is actually a really great segue too to my next question. Um, you mentioned to me before we got started that, that you've got five different ways that you were going to share that, that introverted photographers can kind of move beyond their tendencies, their introverted tendencies, interact with yeah. potential clients and clients a little bit more comfortably. And I'd love to get into those if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. So the first one would be looking at a person's mindset. And I love this question. What might change for you if, so the question is, what might change for you if, and then you fill in the blank, if being an introvert wasn't limiting, what, whatever you want it to be, but looking at your mindset around being an introvert would be the very first thing, because you have to look at your mindset. Um, then the second one is when you go into that shoot, focus on the other person and what their needs are really center yourself on them. Hmm. Because when you can do that, you're, you're distancing yourself from yourself. You're, you're focusing on them. So your brain's energy is spent over here as opposed to in here, worrying about how you're showing up and and what you're supposed to say and yeah. all of that stuff yep. right yep and so in my coaching practice what we we call that being present so when i'm talking with a client i'm focusing utterly on what their words are and yes i'm a human being so my my thoughts might drift and when i see that i might and come right back so as a photographer you could do the same thing. Be present in the moment with that other person and focus on what their needs are. I love that. I, I, it's so easy. Again, I, I get in my head way too much of the time and mm-hmm. it's so easy to get fixated there. And, yeah. and 
the one of the simplest ways to adjust that or to to kind of fix that is to focus on serving somebody else like we make so much yes. of our life about us and it's it's exhausting to us ironically yes. when really a lot of times we could just kind of turn and face outward and look at that other person in front of us and figure out how we can make their lives a little bit better and certainly this this holds true in the case of, of a shoot even it'd be easy to yeah. get stuck in our head Instead, let's focus on creating an incredible environment for this individual or for these people that we're photographing and giving them a really great experience. And it's amazing how we, we redirect that focus. It's such a relief mentally and emotionally. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The next one is um, <clears throat> if you're having a long shoot, um, take time out. Um, so like you're doing a wedding. I know weddings can last for hours and hours. Take time out for little me breaks. Okay. So, and, and when you do that, focus on your breathing. So um, breathing is such a, 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 I mean, it's such a thing we do all the time. We don't pay attention to it, but it's a really big thing. Um, so if it's a long shoot <clears throat> or if you get into overwhelm, you can do box breathing. And box breathing is really simple to do. And I do it with my clients before each session to ground ourselves. Okay. And box breathing, if you think about a box, you're going breathing in. And I just do a count of four. You could do whatever. Count of four. Breathing in for four. Holding for four. Exhaling for four. Holding for four. And then you do it in a few cycles, however many you have time for. But what happens is when you do the deep breathing, your parasympathetic nervous system calms down and that anxious part in you that thinks you're unsafe, it smooths out. And so you don't get to go into that freeze, flight, um, freeze, flight, fight, flee. That's the flee. <laughs> I always want to turn them all around <laughs> you don't go into that mm. you're in that again that anxious part of your brain just calms down so that's really really helpful when you go into overwhelm i it, that is such a powerful technique it's surprising how something so simple is so effective right? but i've used it a number of times oh my goodness it's amazing and maybe yeah. part of it is just the intentionality that the kind of innate presence that it requires in order to do it but yes. it's, I, I also have realized for myself, yeah, I'm, I'm super athletic. So I naturally breathe hard, for example, when, when I go work out, when I get put in a really hard workout, I go play soccer or maybe I'm yes. riding the motorcycle. But otherwise, I tend to breathe kind of, I think, in a very shallow manner a lot of times. Yeah, way up here. And it's, and it's, yeah. it's so problematic on multiple levels, mentally and for our overall health. <laughs> so just taking the time every once in a while and doing that box breathing or even at nighttime, if you're having a hard time going to sleep, that box breathing, yes. it's incredible. So I highly recommend to everybody. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Then the next one would be <clears throat> make sure you take time to um, schedule time to reboot after your shoot. So if you have um, a shoot, always make sure you build in however much time you need just to redo um, and just to um, be quiet and, and whatever that means to you. Is it, um, is it just time in your car um, on the drive home? Is it going into the, your, your home and um, saying hi to your family and then and, and tell them ahead of time, you know, prep them, set expectations that you just need quiet time after a shoot and you just come into your, your quiet space and just have some time. Um, I call myself an extrovert with introvert tendencies because okay. I think there's more of a spectrum than a sure. rigidity in this. Of and course. so when I have spent a full day in um, facilitating a training, I'm on stage the entire time. My brain is going, you know, 5 million miles an hour and I'm meeting the needs of this, this group and I am exhausted by the end of the day and I go back to my hotel room and I am quiet and the only person I talk to is my husband and I talk to him for just a short amount of time and then I just I, I read a book that's yeah. my recharging sure. right and I just had that quiet time because I'm expended and so whatever it is that you need to do make sure you take care of yourself to and schedule schedule that quiet time 
That's really good. I, I, I know that you've got one, I think one more point here to share, one but I, That's I, it. I want to ask you a question here before you share that last yes. one and maybe tell a little bit of a story too, because uh, let's see, I'm trying to think back, maybe enough 12 years ago, 15 years ago, I've been in the industry now for about 20 years and yeah. I was going to these, to these photography parties um, at the various conferences and there would be sure. relatively large groups of people and, and actually didn't even have to be that large, maybe even like 20, 30, 40 people, maybe some loud music playing in the background. And I, I would go into these parties and then I, within, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes felt tired or even exhausted. And that is, as you were describing, kind of the, um, almost the de facto representation of an introverted tendency, right? Yes. But I, and I don't remember exactly what the motivation was. Maybe I was reading a book or something, but I, I, I began to take a little time to explore why I was feeling exhausted. And, and I think, um, and I want to, I guess, use the story not only as a way just to kind of get your take on this, but also to encourage everybody yeah. to not just so quickly assume that just because you have a certain tendency, does it mean that you have to maintain that? I was curious what was causing that sense of exhaustion. And I wasn't willing to just kind of buy the idea that I was an introvert. And so that was it. That's the reason. And I can't do anything about it. And what I realized was that I was, when I was going into these environments, I was trying to per, put on a persona that... Yeah that didn't come naturally. I was trying, essentially I was trying to be cool, which is pretty hard mm -hmm. for me. <laughs> I'm kind of the nerd, the geek of the bunch. Yeah, um, but I was, I was trying to be something that, that I wasn't, um, to kind of borrow a cliche phrase. And that was what was actually exhausting. So, yes. and, and I, once I was able to identify what was causing that, I, I changed my approach. So when I would go into these larger gatherings, rather than trying to mingle and, you know, try to be the cool guy and, and look great and have conversations with all these different people. And it was all these surface level conversations. I would, I would hone in on an individual, maybe sit down. I might have a drink, might not, but I would just have a conversation with that individual person. And I know that's a strength of mine. And yeah. I was able to get super comfortable in that. It was amazing how even the noise of the music around me, which was blaring. I've never understood loud music in public gatherings because I'm like, you right. can't have a conversation. Right. But, but it became less of an annoyance to me because I was suddenly just, I was focused here doing the thing that right. I was comfortable with. And yeah. that's where I was able to kind of find relief from that so-called exhaustion. And I, I know this yeah. is just one story and it's just my story, but I, I tell that because I think it's worth, and I want your professional take on this, but I think it's worth our listeners taking the time, not just again, to kind of wrap that cloak of introversion around them and claim that as theirs and, and stop the conversation there, but maybe to take a little bit of time to look at why they feel so exhausted. It's good to take a break afterwards, for sure. I'll do the same thing, especially yeah. after speaking or even a, after I get done with the podcast a lot of times, because mentally I'm so, I'm so just honed in. Yes. I, I, I do take a break for, for a little bit. Yeah. But just exploring what's leading to that exhaustion, I think is a really good exercise. Don't you? What are your thoughts on that? Oh, absolutely. I think it, it's, it's always a good idea to look at self and to examine what's going on. And I love that you were able to identify that you weren't showing up as your authentic self and how much effort it was in to, to have this other persona. And mm -hmm. when we're able to show up as our authentic self, um, how much more relaxing it is. And I also love that you were able to um, identify a way to manage uh, yourself in that um, by focusing on one person and having that conversation, you were able to, um, the noise, uh, the crowd, it, it diminished because you were focusing right here. For me, one of the things that I do when I go into that situation is I love to go with a friend or acquaintance because what I'm really good at is introducing people. Mm. So I am not as comfortable going up and just introducing myself. I will do it, but it's so much more easier for me where, where I'll say, Oh, hi, I'm Cindy. And I want to meet you. I want you to meet so-and-so and she's blah, 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 blah. And talk about my friend, right? That's a technique that I use when I'm in crowded situations and um, outside of <clears throat> maybe my comfort zone. So I think it's really important that one, we do self-examination to understand how we're showing up and if there is that um, tiredness or, or, or any, any side effect, we look and we ask ourselves, so, hey, what went on? What was causing that? 
And then from there, look at how might I help myself, right? You are the only you there is. You have to take care of yourself. You have to treat yourself with kindness. And so if you're going to a situation that is more challenging for you, that that um, causes you to bring everything, oh, I've you know, kind of got to perform, you know, I've got to show up in this way. Why not be as kind to yourself as you possibly can um, before, during, and after that particular situation so that um, you can really honor yourself and show up with integrity. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I think it's important to take care of ourselves. I, I guess just where I'm maybe playing a little bit of hardball is I, I just want, I want to encourage our listeners to go beyond the label because it's possible. Yes. And, and, you know, when yes. the exhaustion story for me, obviously the reason for my exhaustion, again, I could have very easily just called it introversion and gone on with my life, but right. I would have limited myself significantly. But I, I think that, you know, whether somebody is insecure with themselves, they're dealing with some kind of emotional baggage, they just engage with somebody, they remind them of their dad, and so now they're, they're freaking out because they had a bad experience growing up. And I mean, there's so, right. many, there's so much psychological baggage that we, that we carry, yeah. and it might be easy to say, I'm an introvert, and stop there. Or we right. can say, you know what? Yeah, I'm, I'm tired at the end of the day. I'm going to take care of myself. I'm going to get some rest. But I'm also now going to start to take some time, whether it's going to a therapist or just doing some kind of inward uh, searching, if you will, to figure out right. what it is that's leading to that exhaustion, because it's not—it's it, not like introversion is a disease that we can't control, no. right? You, you pointed out earlier, Cindy, that that this is a kind of a behavioral tendency that comes from childhood experiences and psychological development. And so the question is, how did we get here? And my my story again was just one simple example. I wasn't trying to pat myself on the back. I just want to share no. it as an example. But there are so many different there's so much different psychological baggage that we all carry and taking the time to right. actually go back and, and explore where that's yes. coming from will enable us to, to step beyond it more effectively. Yes, absolutely. And that's the, I think really that's the only way we're going to be able to do that is that self-reflection and that introspection to ask ourselves, Hey, what's going on? What's causing this? What, you know, I, it, it comes down to, are you getting the outcomes you want in life? Yeah. Yeah. If you're going, if, if your job is to go to these marketing events or, or, or conferences, because that's a part of uh, obtaining business, how do you want to show up? You know, do you want to struggle with that, you know, the rest of your career? Or do you want to have um, concrete practices or behaviors that you can implement that will help you be successful in it? Right. How horrible right. would it be that you go back and feel like a failure every time you go back into your hotel room after attending a conference. Oh, I didn't do this. I didn't do that. You know, wh why? That That's a waste. Let's stop that. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Right. We, we had a number of comments here too on, on uh, what YouTube. Andres was saying uh, introversion is on a sliding scale. The extremes of extra, extrovert and introvert are rare. And, and yeah, absolutely. It's a great point, Andres. And Cindy was kind of echoing that earlier. Ellen said, uh, on Facebook, I found that doing the things that make me uncomfortable are most valuable. Putting myself out there gives me the best sense of accomplishment, especially because it doesn't come naturally. And yeah, again, first of all, Ellen, props to you for kind of stepping beyond the comfort zone. Um, make, just making that an exercise is extremely enabling and probably a whole conversation for another day. But, but then also, again, exploring why that's uncomfortable, I think, is super healthy because it enables you to more effectively step beyond that that kind of so-called uncomfort zone. Don on Facebook says, I find that when you shoot photographing clients, of course, you're dealing with a lot of different energies from others. And sometimes that energy can be draining. And yeah. I, what I, what I immediately thought, Cindy, and I'd love again, your expertise here, but Don, it's Don's comments interesting because in my mind, I I'm, what I'm imagining is that Don or probably a lot of other photographers too, are kind of taking on the energy of the other clients, um, because somehow there's this kind of subconscious tendency to feel like take, take responsibility for their behavior, their actions, mm -hmm. their feelings, their tendencies versus being comfortable in oneself and not, not feeling the need to kind of take on that energy. But what would yeah. you say from your kind of professional expertise? <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, I think it's important to separate <clears throat> ourselves as much as possible from the other's um, energies or emotions. And yet we know that emotions, like if, if I'm happy and I'm laughing and I, I'm so excited to see you, you're going to feel that too, right? So those energies do move between us. So when you've got somebody, and I'm imagining here 
um, the energies are draining to your point. I'm imagining that somebody is rather boisterous and it's kind of taking from you. And I've been with people like that before. So what I do is I just breathe through that. That's something that helps me is just breathing through that. It's just a certain time period. I'm going to be with that person and I manage my thoughts, right? That person is really excited. I'm glad for them. How wonderful for them that they're showing up this yeah. way, yeah. right? I get out of my head and, and I look at with, and even with curiosity, oh, I wonder why they're acting that way. Yep. I wonder why they're so excited. Yeah. Or with empathy, how wonderful for them. Curiosity and empathy, again, are really two good um, um, uh, values to look through. There are great lenses to use to separate yourself in those spaces when you're a little overwhelmed. Well, I, th I think part of it, part of what drives introversion, and again, I can speak for myself here, but is yeah. in many cases insecurity with oneself in one form or another. And right. when we're insecure with ourselves, in many cases, there's a tendency to take on the energy of others more readily. Um, sure. Because we're not secure with who we are, so now we get, oh, well, if this person's doing this, then I got to take that on or that on, and it, the ability to be comfortable with ourselves enables us to do exactly what you're describing, which is to objectively observe out of curiosity, yeah. show right. empathy, because the way this other person or these people are behaving doesn't actually have to affect me. It can just kind of bounce right off. I'm observing it. I'm right. seeing it, but I'm choosing how to engage with it versus it versus kind of taking it on. Um, and that is extremely draining. Again, I speak from extensive yes. experience, right? Where, again, because of my yes. own personal issues, I'm taking on the so-called energy of others. And it's, first of all, not necessary, but it's extremely draining when we, when we get to that place. So it, it's a good, I think, yeah. reminder for everybody to, to take, kind of take a look inward again and get to a place where you're comfortable with yourself. Because when you're able to do that, you're able to engage with other people more comfortably as well. Yeah, absolutely you are. Absolutely. Okay, so I've got my, my little notebook of notes here. I was, I was taking notes. So far we've got look at mindset, and, and I, yes. I wrote down the quote, what might change for you if being an introvert wasn't limiting? Number two was yes. focus on the other person. I actually kind of put in there serving the other person as well because, I, yes, again, that I focus on that. serving is, is yes, super healthy. Yes, that's one healthy. of my favorite words. And then number three is take a few minutes uh, for yourself during a longer shoot just to kind of have a breather. And we talked about box breathing. Number four was schedule that reboot session after the shoot. And then I think you've got a fifth one for us as well, right? Yeah. My last one is hire a life coach. If you are having trouble um, and you're not getting the outcomes you want, hire a life coach. Um, hire somebody that, uh, uh, you know, and if it's, if it's deeper, of course, therapy is great. Um, and, and I've, um, have experienced with both. I love both. Um, but as a life coach, that's my offer. You're not because biased at all. You, are you Cindy? No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> what, what we want to do is we want to work on the mindset, right? And with a conversation, we can get to what are the underlying thoughts? What are the core beliefs? And then we would look at, is this not working? Okay then what can we pick up instead? And I, and I love that. I even love the imaging. Like I think about this, this is what I have and it's not working for me. I'm going to leave it here. And now I'm going to pick up something and I'm going to use something else moving forward. Mm. That's going to better serve me and mm -hmm. getting the outcomes I want in life. And, and that would be the, the fifth one to really examine your thoughts and your beliefs and what you want out of life. And when you have a partner to do that with, the partner can help um, they hear what you're saying. Remember I said before that sometimes our truths are so embedded, we, we think it's a fact when it's not really a fact. And so the partner can help hear that and bring it to your attention and then you can examine it together. That makes sense. You were talking about the, the idea of the, the object, almost treating this thing. Yeah. I, I was thinking about uh, a book that I've mentioned a number of times on the podcast before, Michael Singer, The Untethered Soul. Have you ever read that? No, I haven't. Um, it's, he, he talked, and I'm, I'm going to get you a copy of it because I think you would really love it. But Michael yeah. Singer talks about that so-called voice inside our head that we've been talking a lot about here on this episode today. 
Um, right. But such a fascinating concept in that, that, that so-called voice, those thoughts that we have, whereas, again, we have a tendency, and I'm guilty of this a million times over, of taking that thought of those thoughts and making them reality, obsessing over them, cycling them over and over and over again in our head. Right. What he talks about in, in that book is the ability that we have, kind of like you were just describing, Cindy, to engage with that thought as an object. So like I've got my phone in my hand here. I can pick the phone up, and then I can choose to put it down. The phone's yes. not stuck to me. I choose no. what I do with it. I choose to pick it up, but I can do what I want with it. And now I also choose to put it down. And I have the ability to make that choice. And what Michael said, explains in that book and, and demonstrates beautifully is that you have the ability to do the same thing with your thoughts. You can see them. You can acknowledge them. We don't have to try to act like we're ignoring them, but we choose how to engage with them and the significance yes. that we give to them. And I think that that is extremely applicable to this conversation around introversion. Yeah, absolutely. And I look at that way about navigating emotions also. You know, oftentimes we want to bury them and it's just like, acknowledge them. Mm. I see you. I see you guilt. I, you, what are you trying to tell me right now? Okay. And just sitting in with it and breathing through it and then looking at what do you want to do moving forward? Yep. Right? That's it. So, what do we want to do yeah. moving forward? I think that sums up the yeah. conversation beautifully. And I really yeah. appreciate you being willing to come and share today on the podcast. Cindy, thank will you, you just, so much. well, no, thank you. And, and we remind our listeners um, where they can learn more about you, uh, both your website and social media as well. Yes. So it's Cindy um, Ames, A-M-E-S coaching.com is my website. You can get all the information there. And I have information on the, um, think, feel, act model. And then on social media, um, go to Instagram. I am at Cindy Ames coach. Perfect. And I've got that up on the screen too, for anybody who's live streaming with us, by the way, thank you everybody who joined us today for the live conversation and for your comments and thoughts. And uh, for those of you that are not listening live, you're listening to audio after the fact, come join us sometime, come hang out. It's the benefit of the live stream. You can, you can get to interact with, ask questions, comment on the conversation and hang with our guests. But uh, thanks again, Cindy, for, for all your time today, for sharing your advice and wisdom as well. It was my pleasure. Thanks for having me on your, on your podcast and for um, just being here. It was great to have a conversation <laughs> with you, Nathan. Totally I really my privilege. It. Totally my privilege. <laughs>